from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, this is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm Ramsey personality George Camel, joined this hour by best-selling author and host of The Ken Coleman Show. You guessed it, America. It's Ken Coleman himself. And we are excited to take your calls at 888-825-5225. If you want to talk about getting out of debt, getting on a budget, building wealth, paying off the house, switching jobs, getting a side hustle. We can talk about all that stuff, Ken. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dave has said for decades that your income is your greatest wealth building tool. And uh, I'm the personality that specializes in making more money, but also experiencing more meaning. So increase the income, increase your impact. It is possible now more than ever. Uh, Love just the alliteration sharing, there. You Gosh, will, you're good at that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a preacher's kid, so I speak in alliteration. I can't help myself. It's memorable. It is. So there you go. Let's do it. All Let's right. Do it. AJ's kicking us off in San Diego. AJ, welcome to the show. Hey, George. Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? So um, I've got a career question. Um, I, I want to know how to plan for the future here. I'm very, very fortunate uh, financially, um, but my concern is around the uh, culture in my, in my company. I work for a small uh, investment brokerage. Not many people um, run heavily from the top down. And uh, if it was just a, on a financial basis, I would stay here forever. Um, I like what I do. I like building relationships and sales. Um, but like I say, it's just kind of the culture that uh, you know has me concerned from a principal standpoint. What specifically or what are you comfortable sharing as it relates to this culture stuff that's wanting you to, driving you crazy, making you want to leave? Uh, it's coming from the top down. And so in this, in this role, it's a, uh, you know, commission-based job with <clears throat> preset, you know, um, percentages or, or commissions, if you will. And, um, I think because we're a small group and, and just the dynamic of it, uh, my managing broker, uh, will, you know, dip his hand into the pot and okay um, i want you to be more specific so aj you're saying you don't agree with the comp structure and you feel like your boss is stealing from you yeah the comp structure is very clear but the comp structure is not followed um i can give you an example that's what i'm looking for a recent for. deal give me an example perfect so this will happen one every four or five deals um where uh so we did a deal just recently that closed that um you know, the total commission on the deal was 70000 uh, give or take. My comp on the deal, um, based on our contract, is 35000 I end up with twenty. So you're supposed to get 50% of any commission. Right. Yeah, but what was the reason given? Was there any reason given for why you took a $15,000 hit on a, on a commission that is laid out clearly in your employment agreement? Yeah, the reason is the same as it always is. I'm I'm good to you. I give you opportunity, and um, you know, so I, I'm I'm just not changing it. Okay, so what's your question? Because I'm ready to rip this leader of yours, this 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 disaster, this this bad boss. This this is this is manipulation. It's it's horrible. Oh, I couldn't hold it in, George. What was your question? Yeah, I, I know what it is from a psychological standpoint. Um, the reason I'm still holding on is because at the end of the day, I still do really well here. And, you know, I wonder, am I going to, I feel like I'm winning a lottery ticket as far as income and am I going to get that somewhere else? Okay. So what do you sell? 
real estate. Okay, bro. Um, first of all, if you're good at selling real estate, you can sell real estate for anybody, anywhere, anytime. But this is eating away at you. And it should. It is, for sure. I know. And listen, it's not going to get better. I'm going to call you out on something because I'm your friend. I think you're scared. Mm-hmm. I think you're scared to leave. Because I think you don't you don't believe you can do what you're doing anywhere else. I think that's pretty apparent. And so I think you got some fear, maybe some doubt. And I think that's what's keeping you there. But let me tell you something. You either overcome this fear and doubt and leave or you're going to become so resentful, so bitter, and something bad is going to happen as opposed to you taking control of your life and not be treated this way. That's a great point. I know. (laughs) So, AJ, I only see Um, two options here. Either you leave or you deal with it and go, hey, I'm going to set up a meeting with another leader, bring them into it, and say, here's what's going on. I need a solution for this. Can you do that? Is there another leader that you can involve? No, no. It's, it's such a small team. There's there's six of us, and I'm you know third. On is, the so is that ball. person basically the CEO? Are they running the company? Yeah, yeah. It's manipulation. It's over. The today was the day we decided. Now we're going to go find another broker or another firm or whatever, and you're going to relationship yourself into this. Okay, mm-hmm. your head's going to be high, shoulders back. And you're going to be bold because you know you can sell. So go. Right. Go where you're treated properly. You have not hit the lottery at all. In fact, the next job where you actually get paid your full commission, that might feel like you hit the lottery. But right now, you're you're being manipulated. It's true. I mean, the, you know, the one caveat being is no a lot of business comes in and he, he, he does, you know, hand it out, right? It doesn't so matter. It doesn't matter. You feel like a victim mm-hmm. right now. You're like a dog that's been hit its whole life. And every right. time every time he hits you, every time you hit that dog, it's like the dog going, well, he does feed me consistently. Brings a lot <laughs> yeah. of food home. Who cares, right. man? Every time that he takes from your commission that is rightfully yours based on the agreement that he made or she made with you, it is absolutely manipulating you and it is destructive. And you have bought the narrative. You've bought the lie. Because you don't think you can go anywhere. This, listen, this is done. This is done. There's no more caveats. Mm-hmm. And so from a career perspective, um, I don't, you know, I almost feel like I, I, I like the business. I want to. I want to go off someday and, and do it myself. I want to be, you know, the managing broker of my own Great. business. So do I? Do I stick out until I feel ready to do that? I feel like early no. to, no. to start. No, you'll that. never no. be ready, my man. No. You just got to start. Would you? Would you, would you tell someone to stay in a place where they're just being abused? No, no, no don't stay. Stay in the business, but go work for somebody else. And then when we make this next move, here's what I want you focusing on. What do I need to learn that I don't know now that will set me up and put me in a place to where I could work for myself? And we're going to go get that experience, go get that knowledge. Do you understand? Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I've been thinking about. Do it. Stop thinking. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. You got it, man. Man, that lack of integrity, we're not moving past that. It's time it's to go. It's not going to change. This guy is who he says he is. 100%. And, and bold about it. Hey. I bring a lot to you. I take care of you. I'm going to not give you your full commission this time. Oh, by the way, kiss the ring.
What are we doing? No thanks, Tom Hanks. That's what I got to say to that, Ken. Hey, it's a spicy Friday. Give us a call, 888-825-5225. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined this hour by Ken Coleman. We are taking your calls about life, money, career, the pursuit of happiness, impact, and income. It's all here on The Ramsey Show. 888-825-5225. Patty joins us up next in Austin, Texas. Patty, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. What's going on? So, um, so we have a decision to make as a family. Uh, we are currently staying in Austin. We bought a home. Uh, we closed the home last year in uh, November, so we have been staying in this house for since March of this year. Uh, my wife got a new job offer in California, and we were wondering if moving to California, does it make sense based on the salary hike that she is getting? And if yes, then what do we need to do with this house? We don't want to sell it, so does renting this house make sense? Mm. Okay, so excitement level on a scale of one to ten one being no excitement ten being throwing a party how excited is your wife and then how excited are you about the potential of moving to california for this job i think we my wife is pretty excited not because it's california just because of the role uh, that she's getting she likes the company and everything and i think it's it's going to be a good good prospect for her going forward so in that sense She's pretty excited, and I'm also very supportive of her because I can, in my job, I can work from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, just financially, does it make sense? That's the question. Well, so on the financial piece, break it down for George and I. So, uh, what's the, what's the cost of living increase uh, from her standpoint? Is she getting a nice bump in salary? Right. So, I'll I'll walk you through our current situation and then right. the situation in California. So, all all in gross uh, income. So, right now. I make one forty, uh, hundred and forty thousand. She makes hundred and twenty-five thousand base. Plus each of us uh, in total would make uh, are making close to twenty-nine thousand in bonuses um, each year. So total income you can say two hundred and ninety-four thousand mm-hmm. right now in Texas. Um, when we move to California, I'm assuming my salary is going to stay same. That's the worst case scenario, right? So I'll be making same one forty uh, base. But she is getting hundred and ninety-five thousand okay. uh, in California. Plus, uh, bonus structure will remain same, but because uh, her base is increasing, so the bonus would be around thirty-three thousand five hundred. Uh, so total would be three hundred and sixty-eight thousand uh, dollars. Plus, she is also getting stocks, and yearly that uh, the stock listing is close to hundred thousand dollars. So we're talking about a 70K bump in income. And so then it comes down to the math of we know the taxes are going to be higher. The cost of living is going to be higher in California. Does that equate to under 70000 to where it's still a net win for yeah. you guys? Uh, so even when I put – so in this assumption, I'm thinking that our current home would go on 
rent. So even in that terms, if I make that assumption, I would we would be saving close to ten thousand four hundred dollars more compared to what we do here yearly. Okay. In California, how much do you owe on the home in Austin? Uh, close to three hundred and forty. What's it? What's it worth if you sold it today? So I checked Redstone. It says five twenty-five. Okay, and then what price point have you done your homework on homes and what they cost in the area where you guys are going to be living? I don't think I'm going to buy a property in California so soon. Uh, so we would be renting uh, at least for next couple of years in California for sure. Yeah. If I'm in your shoes, I'm selling your property in Austin. I'm with George. For a few reasons. Number one, being a long-distance landlord is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And number two, you guys aren't in a financial position. Obviously, the income is great, but you're going to be paying rent on top of hoping that you have a responsible tenant who pays on time that can pay the mortgage, right? That's always, I put that in air quotes. You can't see unless you're watching, but that's the part that worries me. And so I would get, I know it's, it's, there may be a stupid tax involved here because you guys just moved in recently. And so after realtor fees, and it may not have appreciated that much, uh, you're going to have to pay capital gains on the profits as well, because you've only been there for a few months, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, she's still after joining the job, so she still has six months to eight months to move to California. So I think we can stay one year in this property and make it a long-term capital gain instead of short-term. That's better, at least. Yeah. So I'm still selling it. I th- you yes. guys will, will leave with, uh, what, 160 and change in equity? Right. That can help kickstart your journey in California. And if you're in California long term, you're going to want to buy something, even though it's insane. And that might mean you save up $600,000 with your amazing income and buy a $900,000 property years from now. Okay. And another thing that I was thinking, what if we pay off this property? Does it make sense to hold on this property and rent it out or still paying off doesn't make sense? And still, You're still a long-distance uh, landlord. The question is, when you're in California, would you go buy a house in Austin to rent out? Right, yeah. The answer is probably no. No. And yeah. so I think the time to be a real estate investor is once we can pay cash for another property and our current home is paid off. And you guys can do that. I mean, with this income, it won't take long for you guys to do that if you keep living on less than you make. And be, you're clearly very intentional. You're a super smart guy. And so I think you can get there. But right now, that wouldn't be my go-to. I have a, a follow-up question, Patty. Is this a, a, a hybrid model? Will, even if you were to move to California, will she be required to be in the office every day? Do you know that? Because I know she's working remote for a season in Austin. Yeah, she has to be in office. It's a manufacturing company. Gotcha. So the way All right. It, okay. And that. you've looked at rent in that area that's close by to her work? Yeah. It's, uh, so worst come worst, it would be like if we go for a single family home, it would be around $4,200. Okay. Uh, but we can move into apartment. I mean, we have been staying in apartment from past 20, yeah, yeah, sure. 15 years. As so long as that rent is about 25% of your take-home pay, that leaves you with plenty of margin to live the rest of your life, invest 15% of your income into retirement, pay off the house early. Do you guys have kids? No, no kids here. Okay. Did cool. she get recruited on this or did she go seek this position? Um, I, she got recruited. She, so she, she has a pretty good experience in launching all electric vehicles. She used to work for Tesla before. Okay. This, so Let me ask that. you this. This is, this, this yeah. is a very quick point, but I got to know if, if a company in Texas had, had called 
and offered the same position. Um, and and so you have now one in in Texas and one in California. Which one would you, which is let's say it was the same thing. Which one would you all take? Texas. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, when someone recruits you, it feels really good. It does. It feels good to be wanted. Um, right. But I I just wonder if long term financially. If you guys, if she, if she doesn't go, all right, what if I look for something in a different state that's not as expensive? What if I look for something in the Texas area and I can further my career in Texas? You don't have to take every good offer because I'm just, I, I just want to throw it out there. I'm not in any way trying to talk you out of going to California at all. I'm not anti-California, but I'm being very realistic on the financial implications of moving to California to, to, to do something that she can do in another state. So if it were me, I, I would be sitting down going, okay, if we want to move up, can we move up in other places? Do we have to take this opportunity, which is a good opportunity? I don't know that this is a great opportunity. You you may think it is. And if you think it is, then do it. But I, I at least wanted to put that out there. Are they paying any relocation costs or paying for any oh, visits? Yeah, they're covering everything. They're covering everything and plus giving us $10,000 more for miscellaneous stuff. So yeah, that's good. I'd, I'd go visit back. for sure and check out the area, figure out what the different neighborhoods are, where you want to rent, and that'll make you feel a little more peace about the move in case you do it. Yeah. But I think to Ken's yeah. point, it doesn't have to happen. And so think about the future and what you guys want to do long term as well. I just have so many friends that are moving here. Uh, in our state where we have no state income tax and the amount of money they are making by simply moving out of a high tax state it's it's realistic even you taking a pay cut this. sometimes or to your it. point george how much money and how long it takes to save up a money to just buy house save up money to buy a house in a state like that where real estate is so high it's, yeah. it's you got to think about the big picture well they have a great shovel at least and that helps with this whole yeah, situation absolutely way to go this is the ramsey show I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. I feel like right now is the time of year when it's make or break when it comes to our goals. We had a reset when school started again, and now we're heading into a holiday season, and let's be real, 
it's hard to stay motivated once that spending frenzy starts. We've all got goals, whether it's to find a better job, make more money, pay off some debt, build stronger relationships, and it can be hard to keep that momentum going. But here's the good news. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we have one of our biggest events, Smart Conference. We're coming to Dallas, Texas for a day-long jam-packed event where you'll get advice from leading experts on money, personal growth, career, mental health, and your marriage. You're going to leave with all the knowledge and motivation you need to reach your goals and live the life that you want. So join me and the rest of the gang. All the Ramsey personalities will be there. Be there. Dave Ramsey, Dr. John Deloney, Ken Coleman, Christina Ellis, uh, Rachel Cruz. It's going to be a good time. It's and a special event. And by the way, it's more than just speaking. We've got some fun things planned. Very entertaining. Um, Almost too much entertainment. Yeah, like, like we're, we got to uh, charge more. You and Rachel are doing a little, uh, uh, is it like a version of your new podcast? We're, we're doing a live interactive uh, podcast. Does that mean that you'll have the beverages, the adult beverage on we the stage? Might, it might be a mocktail. We don't know yet. You know, it's early in the day, Ken. We can't go too I have hard. a recommendation for you or Rachel. What's that? Um, my wife recently had a, had a had a nice beverage with some elderberry in it. Oh. Yes, yeah, like a vodka base. Good for and, the immune system. Yeah, a little elderberry dropped right in there. And boy, she thought it was really refreshing. I, I, know, I know you're not I taking suggestions, it. but I thought I'd give you a suggestion. That's a good uh, okay. wintertime drink, Ken. Thank there you for is. that. So uh, October 22nd, we're all going to be there. It's a day long, and it's like drinking from the fire hose, Ken. I mean, it is. You're going to leave exhausted, but also so motivated. It's a lot of energy. Whenever you put 6,000 people in a room that are there for at least a common goal of getting better, uh, and there's just a lot of juice in the room, you know? And it's a great event to bring friends, family who may not, you know, they may not be in with the Ramsey gang, yep. and they can get a taste of what we're all about. Well, we got and a theme going here. The Elderberry juice, juice taste. I mean, this is uh, gosh, Ken. You're wow. you're too good. I know it's happening. So go to RamseySolutions.com/events. Get your tickets today. Join us. Uh, you don't have much time, and it's going to be a great time. I yep. guarantee that. We'd love to see you there, Dallas. We're coming near you soon. Coming to you soon, not near you. Actually, That's right. coming to you. Soon. We'll be in the heart of Dallas. Yeah, there you go. All, All right. right. Yeah. Back to the phones we go. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. Ethan joins us up next in Madison, Wisconsin. Ethan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. How's it going? Doing great. How are you? What's going on? Good. Uh, so I graduated in May of 2021 last year. And uh, over that course of time, I paid off $20,000 in student loans. I just took the first job I could get out of school and hustled and grinded and did that. And then I come to find out the student loan forgiveness thing is happening. And I found that I'm eligible to apply to like get my money back, so to speak. I'd have to go back into debt with my loan provider and then have my debt forgiven that way. Um, how should I go about that? Should I do that, go back into debt in order to be forgiven? Uh, is that wise? Okay. All right. I got to jump in, George. Sure. Quick. Uh, because I read entirely too much news every day. There are now multiple lawsuits that have been filed by multiple states against President Biden's executive action. This is not it's not me making this up. This is happening. The reason is, is because you have a lot of privately held student loans. And so when he made that executive action to say, we're going to pay off, we're going to get, forgive 10000 it's affecting, and again, I'm not, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's real money that's, that's, that's hurting 
private companies that hold loans and people sign up for, and then the states are motivated to protect those companies because those companies are tax-paying companies in their states. So I don't know if you're paying attention to the news, Ethan, but that has happened. And so you have two things going on. So the lawsuits have been filed. So the $10,000 forgiveness is not happening until those lawsuits are all dealt with, number one. Number two, they're, there's, they're, they're not actively moving towards those refunds right now anyway. So I, I just want to put that out there, George, because... People feel like this is a done deal. I'm going to go ahead and move forward with this. And then it's, it's the basis of his question. So I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and for those listening that aren't clear on how this is working, because Ethan's gone, well, they're going to put me back into debt, but it's forgiveness. So what we've been seeing is the student loan companies are saying, all right, we're going to drop ten grand back into your bank account, but we are also reinstating your debt balance to $10,000. And now the hope is... Down the line, at some point, the government comes and wipes that ten thousand balance. It makes my head hurt. Only the government can come up with something that stupid. It's pretty convoluted, but that's how it's working, right, Ethan? Am I right on that? Uh, yeah, that's I what you described. Sounds right to me. So no, okay. don't do it. So here's what here's what some people are doing. I, I'm not going to advocate for or against this, but what they're doing is saying, "Hey, I'm going to take that ten thousand dollars in the bank and make sure not to spend it," which. That takes a level of discipline alone for people who had already gone into debt, uh, thinking that this was a good idea. And then they're saying, oh, I'm going to hang on to the 10000 in case they don't forgive it, and I'll still have the money to pay it off, Ken. Oh, sure. That sounds wonderful. So, Ethan, that's kind of what you're uh, describing as a, if you go through with this, that's what the hope is, is that you hang on to the 10000 and once it's forgiven, you go, all right, cool. This money is free and clear now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, there's okay. risk involved, is what we're saying. And unnecessary risk, so don't do it. Pay your student loans off. The government is not going to do it for you. And you're completely debt free now? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, so I'm, I'm you did it. Now, oh, great, great, great. So, yeah, but he's saying I, I can get the refund. Oh, get I see. Forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. What baby step are you on now? Um, I was in four, five, and six, but I just replaced the transmission in my car, so I'm back on three. Restocking that emergency fund. Good man. Nice. Yep. Well, you know what's clear to me is that the secret sauce to winning with money is Ethan and not a third party, not a government, not a forgiveness program. And so I'm sticking with the Ethan program for now. And if you so choose to do it, I'm not mad at you. I'm happy for you for it to, you know, propel your financial journey. But there's a lot of risk and a lot of unknowns right now. Yeah. Certainly just wait. Wait until the dust settles in the form of all these lawsuits. Yeah. Appreciate the call. It's a good uh, just, conversation. Uh, where's, my little, where's my little thing of tongues? We're just riling up Ken again. He's getting when heartburn. I, when I hear about the government and this, this thing, it gets me right here. We got the tropical thumbs out back. We'll get them okay. for you, Ken, All at right. the break. All right. Blinds.com, question of the day coming up here. Their 100% satisfaction guarantee means even if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color, they will remake your blinds for free. You get free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Brittany in Illinois. I work full-time at a large church, and I love, she put in all caps, my job, but make $45,000 a year. I'm a single mom, homeowner, and drive a modest car. Even though I don't live extravagantly, I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Almost all my income is going to tithe, my mortgage, bills, and income property taxes. I used to make $50 to $100 an hour as a digital marketing copywriter, but stopped doing that when offered my current job in ministry. With income as our biggest wealth-building tool, but also living a Christ-centered life, would you recommend someone quitting a job in ministry to pursue a higher-paying job? My biggest motivation to becoming financially free is so that I can continue working in ministry without the stress of making ends meet. Do I find a higher-paying job for a few years to get to baby step four and then come back to ministry? 
uh, that's probably the direction. But I want to go back to some things that, you know, you can desire to be in ministry, but if you cannot, and in ministry is just like any other job, in that there's a pay range, a scale, right, for the type of job you do in ministry, just like in industry. And even though you desire to work in ministry, if you cannot, if you're not qualified and you are unable to make the amount of money that you need to make, then what we need to do is go, okay, what does ministry look like in another form? In, in, in other words, you can volunteer, you can work part-time in ministry, but we've got to be able to sustain ourselves and accomplish the financial goals. And I think if you can make 50 to to $100 an hour as a digital marketing copywriter, but you stopped, I'd get back into that field to get the highest paying day job possible. Now, for the whole purpose of getting to baby step four, right, and getting your financial life stable to where you can then go, all right, I could take a bit of a pay cut. But why not maybe go back to a full-time day job, do some volunteer or part-time ministry work. It's still valuable. It is still uh, feeding that passion you have to minister to others, but it doesn't have to be a full-time job. That's okay, too. Yeah, if you love your job, but your finances are so tight that you're so stressed, then uh, you're not going to have a great life. And there's more to it than that. So I want you to go back to that marketing role. Maybe it's Uh, in a consulting part-time position, but it sounds like, man, you can propel your financial journey by jumping back into that full-time right now. So it's a good call, Ken. Thanks for the question. This is The Ramsey Show. Show. I'm George Camel, host of the Fine Print and Entree Leadership Podcast. Joined this hour by the host of the Ken Coleman Show, Ken Coleman. You can find all of those shows on the Ramsey Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a free call this hour, 888-825-5225. You jump in, we'll talk about your life, your money, and your career. David joins us up next in Virginia. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. How's it going? Good, man. How about you? Good, good. How can we help today? Yeah, mine's more of a just a choice question because I'm not sure, but I'm going to be all background. Uh, my wife and I are both around 60. Uh, health is so-so. That's one of our concerns is always health care, of course. Um, we own a small business franchise. Uh, at this point in our lives, we're debating whether to sell the franchise and go into another franchise that maybe isn't so labor-intensive or just go back to corporate or we can get some decent health care mm. and ride it out that way so we can just take care of ourselves. Mm. Tell us a little bit about the business itself. What kind of what kind of business is it, and what kind of money is it throwing off? Uh, commercial cleaning. Um, been doing it fifteen years. Um, revenues are about one seven. Um, so it's stable. Been around you, for a while. What are you paying yourself off the one seven? Um, I'm thinking sixty. My wife's taking forty. Wow. Where's the rest going? Um, most of it's being tucked away because we're debt free. Um, we have a house to pay for, kid that's grown and gone, no college oh, debt fantastic. there. So you don't have a lot of overhead. Um, no. Is it just the two of you, just the two of you doing the cleaning? Uh, no, no, no. We have a staff of about 30. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's where a lot of that revenue is going too, is payroll. So when you oh, say yeah, labor yeah, intensive, totally. you don't mean manual labor on your end. You're just saying no. the headache that it brings. Yeah, my my bot, I I couldn't do it if I wanted to do it at my age. But um, how much know, have yeah, you got more. saved for retirement? Currently in our portfolio, about one point two. And what could you get for the business if you sold it? Uh, we're getting it evaluated right now, but we're guessing six. Six hundred thousand, probably. Six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand uh-huh. on uh-huh. one point seven in gross revenue. Uh-huh. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. I've never heard it that way. But you do I would... mean one point seven million in gross revenue per year. Correct. Correct. And knowing of that goes to payroll. Hmm. That just seems awfully low. I thought you were saying six million, which sounded a, yeah. a lot closer. That would have been easier. Where'd you come up with that number? Based on other franchises that are similar that have been sold. Oh, okay. Well, I got to tell you, I'd sell it. I'd get out of that business. There's just really no long-term benefit for it. The fact that you're in your 60s, you got health issues. Uh, the good news is, is you've got great, you know, pretty good retirement set up and you can continue to do so. But yeah, I, I would cash out. Uh, but I would not at this age go into another franchise. That's just me. Um, I'm going to go low risk, no risk is what we're saying. I'm going to go no risk, and uh, you guys have a lot to offer. I feel like your heart has left this business, and so I think it's time for your body to do the same. So I would cash out, and that will set you guys up nicely with your nest egg. And if you want to go corporate to get some health care, that's not a bad idea, but I don't want you to do it just for the health care. Do do you guys have long-term care in place? We don't right now, no. And, and for me, it's more of, you know, I still want to work, of course. I still want to bring some income in because we're not ready to fully retire yet. Great. But at the same time, I, I I want to punch a clock and call it a day and spend time with my wife and go visit my daughter. Then do that. That's honorable. Do it. Because we were, you know, the, the decisions between being self-employed as we are and continuing that route and having all those headaches that come with it are just, Working with somebody has been something my wife and I have toyed with a lot. Yeah, I just feel like we're hearing a guy who doesn't want any more headaches. You just want to work for somebody, go do good, do a good job, and leave work at work and go live your life. You just said as much. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I mean, you're the one that's saying it. It's not my opinion. This is what I heard, <laughs> and I I think in some yeah. way you're 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 calling us. Uh, for permission, and I'm trying to grant you permission to do what it is we hear you say that you want to do. It's just so hard to look at it and say, you know, you've been working for yourself, basically, and there's a lot of perks that come with that, um, as opposed to, you know, reporting to someone. That's but, right. So I want to make sure we're set up to be able to retire uh, one day and, you know, just actually do that at a decent age. Well, I think you are. George, wouldn't you agree? You're the yeah. money guy. I think he's set up now. You're only going to add to it if you sell the company. But let me let me just put it to you this way. Working for yourself in this current company. Do the perks outweigh the headaches, yes or no? Financially. That's the only side of it right now. The rest of it now. So I'm going to ask it again. You just gave me a caveat. Do the perks, (laughs) all of them, do the perks outweigh the headaches? No. No! You tried to be a politician on me on a Sunday morning show. The difference between me and those Sunday morning hosts is I'm going to hold you to it. Ken's not fooling around. Not messing around. Midterms are coming up, you know. <laughs> David, listen, you've done a good job, man. I, I, I think what you want to do is the right thing to do, don't you, George? Yeah, I think you, to give you guys some peace and clarity, I would connect with a SmartVestor Pro yes. and run the numbers because right now you're kind of hoping and wishing, not really sure what the number is that you guys could actually retire with. 
and I'm over here crunching some numbers for you. If you took that 600 grand and you just plopped it in an, a taxable brokerage account, within seven, six, seven years, that'll be over a million on top of your 1.2. And so you guys have to look at your lifestyle and how much income would we need to withdraw from our nest egg every year to have a great retirement, do all the things you're talking about. David. And that'll give you some great clarity, but you're in a great spot. How do you feel about what George just threw at you? Um, it definitely puts a spark in it, you know, without a doubt. There we go. George, you and that calculator. Right? I love a good calculator. You so. just inspired David. You <laughs> just new. inspired him. Sometimes it just takes a little math. That's all it is. But once you have that, David, you guys are, you've worked so hard and you've lived on less than you make. You're debt free. You've been doing this stuff and you got to remember what the reason is. Yeah. It's not just yeah. to punch true. the clock. And David, the numbers that George gave you, that doesn't even count you working five or six more years. That's if you just put 600 grand in and never touched it and just put it in some good funds. And you never clean another corporate office the rest of your life. I wanted to throw that in there. How does that feel, David? <laughs> that works for me. Uh, see, We I'm got David in a good you. mood, Ken. Boy, we did. He's chuckling. I love it. I like a good chuckle. I'm here for it. Yeah. All right, let's take another one. Megan joins us in Kansas City. Megan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, my question is, my husband and I are on on baby steps four or five six and my question is outside of the 529 where could we save for our children's future do you feel like it's not enough in the 529 um no i uh long story the 529 sounds like a really great option for kids who want to go to college and my family is a combination of kids who get their PhD law degree, as well as kids who cannot learn the traditional way, maybe an associate at best, but go more the trade school certificates, um, continuing seminars, that type of stuff. And I kind of just want both my kids to be set up kind of equally when they turn 18. I know there's a lot of risk involved with that. They're under two. Oh, Two kids under two. I yeah, thought I you were going to say they're like 16. Okay, we got plenty of no. time here. You're just worried, hey, what if they don't need the funds for education? Yeah, what if they don't need the funds for education? But I do want to make sure, and I say I, my husband and I, do want to make sure that they are, you know, set up to succeed. But even if they don't go to college, they'll, they're, they'll, they will pursue some sort of education, right? Yeah. Even yeah. if it's in the trades. Uh, yeah, that's that's the goal. And so that money can be used towards any expense when it comes to education. It doesn't have to be a four-year university. It can be towards housing and laptops and all the things required to do that. And you can always change the beneficiary. So if one kid okay, needs so more, the other one doesn't, you can change the names and move that money around. Okay. So you're, you're still just saying stick with the 529 even if you want to make sure that they are set up and they just go straight into work. Yes, because if they go straight into work, they don't need $100,000 sitting there because they're going to have earned income with no expense at that point. So there's okay. not really anything to, to save for. I mean, they, you can do custodial IRAs and what's called an UTMA, Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. There's all kinds of things like that, but I wouldn't worry about that at this point. Okay. Yeah, you're doing great, though. At two years old, you're already thinking about this. Most parents... It's just, oh my gosh, they're 18. I guess we need to, oh, we're, we're broke. Take out student loans. We'll co-sign. And so the fact you're thinking about this tells me they're going to be okay. And the future of education is probably only getting more expensive, Ken. So I'd rather at least plan for something and decide later. Thanks for the call. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to all the folks in the booth, Jenna, Ben, James, 
Zach, Andrew, the whole gang, and you, Ken Coleman. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be back with you before you know it. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like The Rachel Cruz Show. Money should be fun, not stressful. I'm Rachel Cruz, and I'll show you practical tips on how to save money in your everyday life and get out of debt even faster on The Rachel Cruz Show. I'll show you that you can take control of your money and create a life you love. Listen to The Rachel Cruz Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.